The following is from East Delta Baptist Church. For more information, visit us online at www.eastdeltabc.com. If you would, take your Bibles and turn to Ecclesiastes. We're going to be in chapter 4. Ecclesiastes, it's uh, right past Proverbs. So if you turn to Psalms and take a right, and you go to Proverbs, and then there's Ecclesiastes. It's kind of small. It's easy to pass if you thumb through, so... Ecclesiastes chapter 4, we're on uh, 12 steps to living an abundant life, and we're, uh, this morning we're at number 10 and 11, kind of in that general area, and we're going to finish this up next week. We've been talking the last uh, uh, several weeks, uh, actually the last seven weeks, on uh, living an abundant life, and what God has in store for us, and what God has uh, designed in his desire for us to have an abundant life. The story was related by Donald Gray Barnhouse. He said several years ago, two students graduated from uh, Chicago Kent College of Law. The highest ranking student in the class was a blind man. His name was Overton. When he received his honor, he insisted that half of the credit could, should go to his friend Kispasdrick. Uh, Kapazdrik, or I, I could spell it for you, it doesn't really matter, but they, these two men had met one another in school. The armless man, no arms, Kaspazdrik, he had guided the blind man, Mr. Overton, down a flight of sta- stairs. That acquaintance ripened to a friendship, uh, and it became an example of, of interdependence. During that time, the blind man carried the books, that the armless man couldn't carry. The uh, armless man read the studies aloud in a common study, and thus the uh, individual deficiencies of one another, uh, they were able to compensate for them by one another. And through that, this one student, Mr. Overton, he was the uh, highest graduating uh, person there in the school of law. After graduation, they planned to start a, uh, a law firm together and, and practice law together. So, you know, the, as believers, no one is created as a believer to, to have to uh, minister completely by himself or by herself. God has created us uh, as a family, and we talk about the church family, and we sing sometimes. I'm, I'm glad I'm a part of the family of God, and uh, God instituted marriage, and He instituted the family, and then He has the church, and He talks about the church being a body, one unit, one group, one family, and and when we start talking about, or we continue to talk about abundant life, uh, I think we kind of realize that that's part of what God has for us, is, is it's always good to have a community and a family, and that's what we're going to talk about today. A preacher was visiting an elderly woman from his congregation, and uh, just to bring her in and make her feel apart, you know, and he sat on her couch, and he noticed a large bowl of peanuts there, and uh, on the coffee table, he said, you mind if I have a few of your peanuts? She said, no, not at all, go ahead, and they chatted for about an hour, and the preacher uh, just continued to eat those peanuts and really didn't realize by the time he got through, he had ate nearly the whole bowl, and uh, he, he said, oh, I'm terribly sorry for eating all your peanuts. I, I really just intended to eat a few, and, and she said, oh, that's all right. Since I lost my teeth, all I can do is suck the chocolate off of them anyway. So <clears throat> that, that community of believers... Uh, that's one way we can meet each other's needs. So Ephesians chapter 4, 
uh, Christians are meant to live in a, in a community. They're meant to, uh, and, and of course, I'm not talking about in a combine or a group together. I'm talking about as a church. Uh, there's no long rangers, and even long ranger had Tonto, didn't he? So there's no, there's no uh, long ranger Christians. It's, uh, it's a part of the kingdom of God. In Ecclesiastes chapter 4, sometimes you hear this read at, at weddings, but uh, drop down to verse 9 if you're in Ecclesiastes 4. Down in verse 9, this is, if, if you were going to get some information and you wanted good, positive information, you would probably go to someone that you felt was very wise. Well, Solomon was the wisest man ever that's ever lived. The Bible talks about his wisdom. He prayed to God and God gave him all kinds of wisdom. So Solomon, in all of his wisdom, he had this to say about a community of being together. He said in verse 9, two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. The pity, well, and one thing interesting about this, during this time, the regions where they walked, and there was a lot of rocky areas, or a lot of, of unstable ground, so uh, if someone was to fall and twist an ankle or hurt themselves, they traveled, uh, traveled in groups a lot because of that very reason. So that kind of gives a little meaning behind what Solomon's saying here. If one falls, there's a friend, they can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. Also, if two lie down together, they'll keep warm. And how can one keep warm alone? Uh, though one, one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. And a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. And as we see this, the ideal of community, it flows throughout the Bible like a river through the Old Testament, through the New Testament. Uh, it starts way back in the Garden of Eden when God said it's not good for man to be alone. And he created woman from that. And then it continues to flow through the preservation of, of Israel uh, as God preserved that nation. He said uh, Israel was preserved as a nation. Now I want you to think about this, and I want you to think about it in the context of even what we do here at East Delta. If the nation of Israel, God set up all of these ideals to preserve that nation. Remember what they were? They were feasts. They were fasts. There were celebrations, there were sacrifices, all of those things God did to bring together the people of Israel. He brought them together in one place because He wanted to preserve the unity of that nation. We as a church, we have opportunities to come together. We may not call them feasts and we may not call them celebrations, but we, we have opportunities for us to come together as a community of believers. Why? We do that, that, that we would have a, a unity of the church. And, and as you have opportunities to be a part of that, we always encourage you to come and be a part of that. Why? Why would we do that? Well, the reason we do that is because we're a community of believers. Uh, last one, last Monday, we had our, our family all over, and we, we had a meal, and we ate together, and we played games together, and, and we had a good time. Why? Because we're a family, and as a family, we just enjoyed getting together and laughing, and then we enjoyed one another's company, and, and all of those things. Well, when it comes to abundant life that God wants for us, the reason He put us together as a church is that's part of having an abundant life. And we understand that in our family because we enjoy when our family sits together for the most part. Uh, we, we 
enjoy family coming. We enjoy in their presence. We enjoy those things. And, and the church is no different. We're a, we're a body of believers and we come together. In the New Testament, when Jesus prepared his disciples for going out in ministry, if you remember, he paired them up and he said, you need to go, go together and go with, go with each other. Each time the apostle Paul, he left out on a missionary journey over and over and over. The Bible shows that he teamed up with others to go on his journey. So throughout scripture, God designed us <coughs> to work together in a community. And that community is the local church. And if we think about abundant life, and we've really looked at a lot of different angles about abundant life, and that's what God desires for all of us is an abundant life. Part of that life he desires for us is to have a, a community, a church, a family of believers that we can come together. And in that, we find abundance. We find what God wants for us. The, the number one reason for this journey is the, is the enemy, Satan, he works overtime. He's constantly trying to, to destroy what God wants. He, he works in the church to keep Christians upset with one another. If you think about churches and, and in the church, if a, if a problem starts and churches split and people get aggravated and they leave and, and if Satan can keep turmoil in the church, it's not attractive to other people. They're not, they're not interested in coming and be a part of that. But when we have a church that shares love, love is the theme and love lifts us up. And we're going to sing here in just a minute when we get ready to go. We're one in the bond of love. When people see that, they're, they want part of that. And then we as a community of believers, when we have a place where we can come and we can be ourselves, we sing a song sometimes that just says, come as you are. When we can come as we are and we can be who we are and we can be accepted in the community, then we find an abundance of life. The statement is pretty tough sometimes and, and it's kind of true. A lot of people refuse to enter the local church, not because of who Christ is, but because of who Christians are, because of the way Christians respond to one another, or maybe that's the perception they have. And, and sometimes we Christians, we, we end up in a, in a group and, and we have visitors and we have people coming and seeking something and we fail to go and, and extend that love for those people. That's what the church is. It's a, it's a community and for us to have an abundant life, we need to accept that and, and we need to think about, uh, think about how we accept others and how we bring them in to this community in an abundant life. I was listening to a sermon this week, and I think it was uh, the preacher from First Dallas, and and he was talking about kind of our social our social uh, uh, interaction today. And I, I, I've got Facebook. I'm on Facebook. I look and I keep up with some things on Facebook. I'm not uh, I'm not desperately tied to it wherever 30 seconds I'm looking at it to make sure something new isn't on there. But but a couple times a day I go on and look, and and he was talking about how that. This, this new social thing has kind of begun to separate people. I think it does. And think about what we see on Facebook now. Instead of folks coming and being a part of a prayer group, what do we do? We post it on Facebook. That's okay. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But, but relationships and, and things are tried to be carried on through simply that social media. And, and we miss an opportunity to come together face to face, one on one, and be a part of a group of believers. I think 
think that's something Satan can use. Again, I'm not saying Facebook is of Satan. Don't leave here and think that and say, oh, he's out of touch with the world and he's getting old and and all of those things may be true. But I'm not saying that that, 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 that's an absolute. But I think those type things, when people begin to isolate themselves from others and and simply start trying to, to interact with others simply through a social network, I think Satan has got us just where he wants us. When he can do that within the church and he can keep us from having those relationships one-on-one and those FaceTime relationships where we can sit and learn one another and talk with one another and hear one another's burdens and hear one another's joy, I think we begin that process of living an abundant life. Here's why I think that about the local church, and there's four things I want us to look at today, and we'll be through, and next week we'll wrap this sermon up on the abundant life, but but here's the reason I think community, and, and I think the, the local church come together, I think this is how we find an abundant life. The first reason is this, there's accountability in a community. Think about that. There's an accountability in a community. This is a local body of believers, and in that local body of believers, we find accountability. We find challenges in our spiritual walks. King Solomon, again, as we know, that, that wise man, in Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen, he says this about when we're gathered together with other Christians. He says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. When we come together spiritually in the, in the local church, we, we sharpen one another. When we sit through Bible studies and we begin to one-on-one Sunday school and, and, and Wednesday night Bible studies and we're able to sit down and we're able to talk and we're able to see, hey, this is what God's Word says and, and this is what God's words mean and, and we begin to share each other's burdens and we begin to share each other's victories. We're sharpening one another. And that's what the community does. It, it challenges us in our spiritual walk. It gives us accountability in our spiritual walk. Paul says in Galatians 6, 1 and 2, Brethren, if anyone is caught in any trespasses, you who are spiritual, restore such a person in a spirit of gentleness. Each one looking to yourself that, that you'll not too be tempted, but bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. See, that's what Paul says. We're as a, as a church, we're to restore one another in gentleness. We're to bear one another's burdens. We're to, we're to fulfill God's, God's plan for the church. And when we begin to do that, we find a, we find a, a something that God desires for us in an abundant life. We find joy in serving one another. One of the, one of the missing keys of the church today, I believe, is accountability. And that's, that's keeping one another accounting. If, if we know we're getting off track, the Bible says, you know, with, 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 with uh, gentleness, we need to come and we need to restore that person. Hey, we've been missing you. Hey, where have you been? You're, we've noticed you're not here and we miss your, we miss your presence here with us. And, and we begin to restore that person. We, we begin to help them through theology or a lifestyle or we begin to help that person with integrity, not as discipline, but as a brother, if you have a brother or sister and you see them straying off somewhere or getting to an area, I know my sister says one time I was, I was in school and I, I was in ag and, and, uh, this boy in our ag group asked my sister to go to the prom and, uh, and she said, I'm going. I said, you're not going with him. She said, yes, I am too. And I said, you are not going to the prom with him. And, and she still brings it up. 
Because I knew the guy, and I won't even go into that. But, but, uh, but I said, you're just not going with him. I think I told mom and daddy before it's over, you know. But, but uh, so she didn't go, but she, she brings that up. And she said, I remember when so-and-so asked me, and, and you said, you're not going with him. Well, we would do that for our family, wouldn't we? We would, we would try to point out uh, a lifestyle or, or some issue there, but we would do it with gentleness, and we would do it with respect, and we would do it out of a love. And in that, we find accountability, but, but we find that life that God desires for, that abundant life. <coughs> Here's the second thing. We find encouragement in a community. You know, if you're always alone, you don't have any accountability. But in a church, you have accountability. If we're always alone, we don't find encouragement and for an abundant life, we need some folks that encourages us. <clears throat> and in the church, we come into a community, we find encouragement to weather difficulties of our Christian walk, of our Christian life. Uh, we, we, we realize, and we talked about this last week, uh, the, our, our life's no better roses. There's tough times. There's things we have to deal with. And, and when we deal with those things in the community of believers, when we're able to come together and we find encouragement that we need to weather the storm, when we come together and we're able to pray with one another and we're able to counsel one another and we're able to comfort one another and we're able to challenge each other. In that, we find abundant life. We find what God desires for us. Hebrews 10, 24 and 24, 24 and 25 says, Let us consider how to stimulate one another that we might stimulate one another to love and to good deeds, not forsaking their own assembling together as some in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And even so, all the more as you see the day nearing. That's what God desires for the church, that we would be an encouragement to one another. You may say, well, I'm missing out on all that. I'll be real honest, if, and, I, and I love for you to be here on Sunday mornings, and I hope you don't stop coming on Sunday mornings for sure, but you find that in a smaller group setting. On Wednesday nights, we have some great, we have some great times just to sit and talk with one another. We, a lot of times we may spend 30 minutes just talking about issues and problems and things we deal with, and, and then we have prayer together. That's a great opportunity to come and find encouragement. Sunday school on Sunday mornings, that's a great time to sit down with a small group of folks and, and be able to share one another's problems and burdens and joys and, and find encouragement in the community. Fellowships when we eat together, it's a great time to sit down at a table with one another and, and talk with one another and be encouraged by the community. That's the abundant life God desires for us. Here's the third thing. We find passion in the community. Acts, 20, Acts 2, 46 and 47 says, Day by day, this is the first church, they continued to meet together in one mind in the temple and breaking of bread from house to house. And they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart. They were praising God and having favor with all the people. And through that, the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. They found passion with one another as they gave gathered together with gladness, with sincerity of heart, as they ate together, as they found favor with one another, as they learned one another. Sometimes I would like for us just in the church, just for us to, to be able to stand up and just say something about ourselves. We had a men's Bible study. We met out here under that big old tree, and we built a fire during the winter, and we sat around. And, and our first two, t- two meetings together, we just 
said, tell us about yourself. And, and that may sound kind of silly, but it was, it was fun. You know, old Roy over here, he told us about where he worked and where he was from. And, and uh, Big John told us about some of his background. And we were able just to sit there and get to know one another. And, and through that, we, we, we became passionate. We became friends. We became Christian friends. And then we worshiped together. And, and our hearts were filled with joy. When we, when we have that as a family, we have an abundant life. So many people outside of the church, they miss that abundance that God wants because they don't have that accountability with someone, that encouragement with someone, that, that passion that we share together with each other. Here's the last thing, number four. A community, we find our place of service. So as we come together and we're accountable to one another as brothers and sisters in Christ, we come together and we find encouragement during tough times. We find encouragement during the joyous times. As we come together and we find passion in knowing one another, we find a passion in loving one another, then we find our place of service. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 7 says, Now there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are a variety of ministries, but they're the same Lord. And there are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in persons. But to each one is given a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Now, what does that mean? What that means is when you're born again as a Christian, you're given a gift for the church. And that gift is your ministry to the church. And when we all come together and when we're fulfilling our spiritual gift that, that God has given us, through that we find our place of service. Now you realize if you're serving God within your spiritual gift, you're not going to be burnt out. You're not going to be miserable. You're not going to be sitting there thinking, man, I wish he'd shut up. I'm ready to go eat. And we're getting there pretty quick because you're going to have passion and you're going to find the place of comfort. So it's important for us to understand that God has given us a gift for the church. Now, some have more than one gift, but everybody has one. It's not fruit of the spirits. It's a spiritual gift the Bible talks about. So we come together. If you're not here, we're missing your gift. If you're not here fulfilling your purpose that God has given you, we're missing out on that. But when we find ourselves living within the gift that God has given us, and we may need to do that again sometimes, our spiritual gifts inventory, and look at what God has listed as several different gifts that He gives, then what is this? Oh, okay. Well, I thought you was waving at me. <laughs> I was waving back. I thought I've messed up on something. But when we're, we're living within our gifts, whether it's doing this or waving, whatever it may be, if, if you're missed out in the church, you're, you're missing that. Not only is your brothers and sisters in Christ missing you, but you're missing on what God has for you. Jesus said to His disciples, after washing their feet at the Last Supper, He said, You call me teacher and Lord, and you're right, for I am so. If I then, the Lord and the teacher, has washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet, verse 15. For I have given you an example that you should do also as I have done to you. And what God is talking about is He ministered to His disciples. And as God ministers to us, we're to reach out and ministers to others. Christians can't be found outside of the, of the Christian community, but the abundant life in Christ cannot be found outside now, I said that wrong. Christians can be found outside the community of, of, of Christ, of the church. But abundant life in Christ can't be found outside of regular fellowship. Christians can be found outside of the fellowship of the church. 
But the abundant life, the life that God desires, that comes in a community together. Throughout Scripture, we find that. The world is conspiring against us. He, they want to tear us down, and, and every enemy is battling out in front of us to destroy the church. Just watch the news. Just, just watch what's going on. And, and it's our community where we find strength, where we find ability to fight the battle from day to day. So in a community, we find our place of service. I want you to think about that abundant life. I want you to, I want you to really think about the times as a Christian that you've found yourself the, the happiest, you found yourself the, more, the most uh, joy, the most abundant life. And I want to ask you, was that outside of the church when you're all alone? You know, people say, oh, I can worship. I had a guy say, I can worship on the golf course just as well as I can worship in that church. That's maybe true. I can worship in a deer stand just as good as I can worship in the church. That may even be true. But to have an abundant life, it takes a community of believers. It takes a family of believers. We're not meant, we're not created to be all alone as a Christian, but we're created to be a community of believers meeting each other's needs. Let's pray together. Father, today I pray that as we look at your word and we want so much to have an abundant life, I pray, Lord, that we would be reminded of those times that we find joy in your service, those times that we find our spiritual walk the greatest is those times that we come together in the presence of friends and family, and we come together in a community of believers. And in that, we find encouragement, we find hope, we find joy, we find abundance in you. Lord, I pray in this church, Lord, that we would be about your business. And Lord, truly, we would be a place where we have accountability for one another, a place where truly we can sharpen our spiritual walk through our Bible studies, through our times together, that, that as iron sharpens iron, so man sharpens other men. Lord, I pray that would be a place that we find in East Delta, Lord. I also pray, Lord, this would be a place of encouragement. Lord, this would be a place of of a hospital for those who are sick and who are hurting. And here they would find healing through encouraging words, through love, through brothers and sisters in Christ. I pray, Lord, that we would have compassion and we'd be passionate about serving one another. We'd be passionate about serving you. And Lord, I pray also this would be a place where we find our service for you, where we can find comfort in loving you and serving you and loving one another, Father. I pray, Lord, in this church we'd be bound together in love. We'd be bound together in one accord. And, Father, through that, we would find an abundant life that you desire for us, that we would have joy in your service and in one another. Lord, I pray today as we go from this place, Lord, I pray that we would be living and living and walking and breathing in abundance that you have for us. And through that abundance, Lord, we would find community, we'd find brothers and sisters in Christ, and we'd make the most of every opportunity to get to know one another, to get to share one another's joys and sorrows and, uh, and victories. And, and Lord, through that, we'd grow closer and closer together and closer to you. And I pray this in the name of Jesus.